It's my favorite time of year when so many houses in my neighborhood have pumpkins and gourds or giant spiders and cobwebs out front. It's also my favorite because of all the autumn gear I can start rocking. If you're under five foot eight, like me, and looking for new seasonal men's clothes, get your look at Ash and Erie. Everything I've gotten from them fits my body to perfection. And I'm walking around the neighborhood these days in this new soft and comfy crew sweater and some fresh denim. And it's given me a bit of a strut, I gotta say. There's an impressively accurate fitting chart and the team is quick to respond with any questions you have. Go to ashenerie.com slash other men and use the promo code other men, one word, for 15% off your order at Ash and Erie and get your sweater weather strut going. In 2019, I managed only one beach trip. I tagged along with Orson, Jasper, and their families to the Rockaways, right under the flight path to JFK. And when they were at the beach, they wanted to get their hands on some metal detectors. They wanted to find stuff that they thought was valuable. Did you say Gatorade? Yeah, I did say Gatorade. I love Gatorade. Jasper and Orson are five. They hadn't found any Gatorade hiding in the sand, but they did sing songs. Do you like the song Ghostbusters? I have not been asked that in a long time, and yes, I do like that song. Ghostbusters! Invisible Man. Who you can call? Ghostbusters! How long have you guys known each other? Since we were babies. Since you were babies? You've known him since he was a baby? Well, yeah. And are you friends? Since we were in our mommy's tummies. Our mommies have known each other since they were kids. What do you think about that? My mom told me. Jasper and Orson come to the beach every year with their parents. Jen and Alice are their moms, and I asked what their take was on the boys' five-year friendship. How do you see their relationship? Actually, Jasper said last week, I'm five and a half and three quarters, and I've never had a best friend. Um, But now I do. All the time, he'll be like, he'll be like, I love Jasper. I just, I'm going to write a note to him that says I love you. And it's like, so endearing and that's just something that I imagine will like completely evaporate in the next couple of years. I do sort of worry that on the horizon there's that like moment where they're just like their emotional landscape starts getting smaller and that they stop being willing to say out loud like I'm scared, I'm sad about this, it hurts me when you see this, like that just that like level of honesty about where they're at emotionally. I hope they don't lose that honesty either. Because from my experience, that time that Jen and Alice are worried about does eventually come. I'm Mark Bagan, and you're listening to Other Men Need to Back Off My Gatorade. 
che passeggiassi nel tuo cuore ah, io vivrei My suntan had barely disappeared when I got a message from an acquaintance named Tim. He listened to the podcast and initially wanted to talk about a story from childhood. But when he came in, he seemed a bit preoccupied. How do you feel about the friendships in your life right now? Yeah, this is it's actually, I'm really glad you asked. Tim wanted to talk about his friend, Logan, who he's known for 20 years. Because of the length of time, I asked if Logan held best friend status. Yeah, without without question. They met in their 20s through a mutual friend. Even though they lived in different cities, they were inseparable whenever together. It was that time in their 20s where they could have long weekend goofing off hangs, like going out and partying all night, playing epic sessions of Madden or Call of Duty, Quoting, Arrested Development, or Mr. Show, Ad Nauseam. They kept visiting each other over years and years. It is exciting to, to get to know a new person and to like, who's very similar to you. The roots of the friendship are in a very talky, communicative, we're going to talk about our feelings and about real shit all the time. Logan and I have had that. We just picked up right where we left off as one of those kinds of people. Eventually, Tim moved to New York City, where Logan lived. Their friendship continued, even as their lives changed. He got married, had a kid, and moved out to Long Island, so he lives kind of further away. So we don't see each other as much. Even though Logan's not in the city anymore, he's still a train ride away. Plus, Logan has a car. There are options to see each other, even if it doesn't happen as frequently as it used to. But something, besides the frequency of hangouts, was bothering Tim. I just feel like our vibe got kind of contentious for like a long time. That my reputation is like, oh, he'll just, I'm just like a pushover. So there's just kind of this like underlying, like competitive, argumentative, who's the dominant individual in this relationship vibe. He deflects or he makes a joke. But I feel like he's not a good listener. He's not like, he doesn't like listen to me. Tim remembers a friend who used to love goofing off for hours and hours and hours. And now, that jokiness is at Tim's expense. The way Tim puts it, he feels like he's been hanging out with someone who needs to run the show. And it makes Tim feel like his needs are overlooked. I don't even talk about my life and my stuff and like my things and what's bothering me. We're not strong in the ways that I need them to be if I'm going to have this be an important friendship in my life. Without saying it explicitly, I knew what Tim was asking himself after decades of friendship with Logan. And it sounded very, very familiar. Are you getting something out of it? I don't know. I wonder. That's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Tim was talking about something I've been trying to put a label on for a long time. I'm going to call it a legacy friendship. Meaning a friend you've had since forever. 
Someone you might have developed a decades-long friendship with simply because you both did bad Harvey Keitel and bad lieutenant impressions as a greeting. Someone who knew you before you became lactose intolerant, before you decided to quit graphic design to become a dentist, or before you decided to stop dating assholes, or you became a caretaker for an aging parent. The person who now had the obligation to kill you based on your adult preferences because you told them at 17, if I ever start listening to Steely Dan, shoot me. Basically, someone who knew you when you might have both been different people. First of all, I think legacy friendships is a perfect way to put it, where it's like, what are we even doing anymore? This had been on my mind for a while. I've got a few old pals where I've wondered, why are we still doing this? Maybe we're just not into the same things anymore. And it makes me wonder, if we met now, would we even become friends? Tim misses the friend he met 20 years ago. And, to paraphrase a movie, misses the way they were. But is it a strong enough reason to end a long friendship if it's just that all you talk about is old times? Where all you have is the past. When is it time to call it quits on a legacy friendship and how do you do it? Have you ever had a conversation about your needs or your reflection on the friendship? I think he'd be receptive to like a talk, but I also feel like the underpinnings of the fr- of the relationship are like, oh, that's like wacky me who just says like the wacky stuff. Like let's say that you didn't have to have an awkward conversation. Yeah. Turned around tomorrow and it's like nobody hates each other or anything like that. What would you do socially? I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. I wasn't sure if Tim just needed to talk this all out or if he was at some breaking point. Then he said, I think the falling out is happening now. Something had happened the weekend before. And then we ended up getting into this like kind of fight. I was like, you know what, I'm going to fight today. A fight. Their biggest fight. And before we get to that, before we find out what happened, I wanted to hear from Logan. And so with Tim's blessing, that's what I did. I had this picture of Logan in my head. For some reason, I imagined the door to Logan's house would open and there'd be someone who looked like Chris Pine, the actor, not some guy named Chris Pine. That's who came to mind when Tim was explaining their dynamic. Someone super alpha and jockey. Like after you make a mistake, he'd be the kind of guy who goes, ha ha ha, smooth move, X-lax. But Logan wasn't Chris Pine. What's your best Tim impression? Um, hey man, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I'm bad at impressions. <laughs> Logan was super inquisitive, a bit more goofy and soft-spoken at times, self-labeled as anxious. I know this guy. I relate to this guy. And when I brought up Tim, Logan immediately told me the things he loves about him. And he's a great listener. So it's like, it's very helpful to have that male friendship where I can talk about all my anxieties. 
Logan grew up in a different part of Long Island than he's currently living in, and this actually plays a big part in his friendship with Tim. Logan left Long Island to go to D.C. and then New York City. But there's part of me that romanticizes having stayed there. So part of me always wished that I had like stayed in my own hometown, where I still have like friends from high school who live near there, never really left, and where you have that like I'm, I have the same core group of friends for the rest of my life. In many ways, Logan longs for these early friendships. The simplicity and peace of mind of just pointing and saying, this is my crew, always have been, always will be. But because I went on my own journey, a lot of those close friends are no longer as close friends. And I learned that Tim wasn't Logan's first BFF. Before Tim, there was Peter. Logan and Peter grew up together and had those early bonding rituals. Logan eventually left. Peter didn't. We, we had changed so much. Um, I had changed so much. So we probably should have become kind of second-tier friends, like probably between the ages of 23 and 27. But because we had that long deep history. We put a label to each other. We are each other's best friend. And we tried to follow that through for as long as we can. But even with that, their interests changed as they became adults and it became harder to relate. The hangouts just weren't as rewarding. About a year and a half or two years before we had like a full split, we got into this silly argument over fantasy baseball. It always starts with the little things but basically came to the conclusion that we haven't really been truly best friends for each other for a long time. And it was hard for Logan to believe that this friendship was over, but it really landed when Peter got married. Logan wasn't invited to the wedding, even though Peter was the best man at Logan's. I definitely did grieve the relationship. I'm losing my, the best friend I've ever had and a brother. He was probably the most significant male relationship outside my father that I ever had in my life. But yeah, so as my relationship deteriorated with, with Pete, I, me, my relationship kind of blossomed with Tim. And I'm going, yo, Tim isn't just Logan's best friend. He's his second chance. But I knew that things weren't so hot for Tim. Was Logan blind to the tension in their friendship? But there's gotta be something. I mean, they've been friends for years now. Tim obviously has his gripes. Logan's gotta have some complaints. And yes, there were some small annoyances. He is one of those people who like, you need to, you can't make plans with him for until like the day before. He, he just doesn't want things solidified until like the last possible minute. And I'm like, I want to buy tickets to this thing. Should I buy tickets? Like, or am I going to be scalping it the day before? You're going to want to go, trust me. But when it comes to the big stuff, the are we still friends question, Logan doesn't see any problems. We never had like those deeper, deep issues that I had with Pete. And I think part of it is because we started being friends as fully formed adults. In fact, he currently sees their relationship as strong. It's like a, a marriage, you know, you, you're with each other, you hang out with each other enough. You can sort through like what are the debilitating, like disqualifying quirks and what aren't. 
except for something that did come up recently. That fight that Tim mentioned earlier. Actually, Tim and Logan's first major fight. And it wasn't about politics or forgetting someone's birthday. Nope. Their first big fight was where they were going to watch last Sunday's football games. That's it. But like Logan said, it always starts with the little things. So like recently we got into a stupid argument over like me going to him or something like that, because obviously we have this distance. It started with a simple text on where to watch the game. So since we had the script right there, I had Tim and Logan give me a play-by-play of the fight. Would you be open to showing me the exchange that you had with Logan in text? Yeah, you think we're very revealing. Oh God, you can see like I'm the talker. <laughs> Begins here, December 4th. Any interest in watching football on Sunday? Yep, what time are you free? Whenever, I assume I can't coax you to come to my pet to bracket the conversation. He resides in Sunset Park, would take a decent amount of time. So a few back and forths, and Logan lands his first blow. Pass. Uh, your pad is too damn far afield. Field medal, a field medal that is a ref to Goodwill Hunting. That's a Goodwill Hunting reference. Okay. Is your tone here with okay kind of like here it goes? Yeah, kind of. It's a little bit like here it goes, but it's also like I'm willing to let it go, but it's, I don't know, I just don't know what to say there. Now he's annoyed. I'm not yet annoyed. And so is this the moment? No, it's starting to build out. So you read his annoyance. I don't want to argue with you because it's dumb and aggravating, but I've come And then the short texts turn into soliloquies of grievances. A lot of you never come out to my place from Tim. Just like, I can come to your house sometimes, and you can come to my house sometimes. So I'm only getting to Atlantic around game time. and don't Logan's, hey, I'm the one that's got to drive. Plus the idea is to watch football, no offense, but you have only a fairly small television. All right, and then he says, oh boy, here's another soliloquy. <laughs> what I was looking for was your willingness to make the gesture of coming to my house because we're not pals, sure why and not having to justify it or I qualify it or have it make logistical yes. sense to you. And I 100% knew when I asked you to come no, over, you would have a host of reasons yours. why it's a pass, See, it's and I have to make a case for my house, and or negotiate it somehow, after the early slate, etc. And it's an overall bummer, and I'm not saying you're a selfish prick, but what kind of shit is that where come to my house is a negotiation, especially since you're going to I'm a guest or no, not only in your body. I guess I'm hoping against hope, you just be like, okay, sure, but here we go. And even Logan thinks Tim might not be owning up to what's bothering him. Is there something else going on? And it goes on. And how I feel is every time I ask you to come to my house, there's an and on. general thing, but I pitch this as a uh, hang to watch football. And on. Nothing is more annoying than this exchange, and that's why I generally avoid it if I can. And that's it for then. All right, that's when it stopped, and then he literally called me. All of that took one hour, all on text. They eventually met up to watch the game, but Tim couldn't let this go. But Logan saw the whole text exchange as a it happens sort of thing. You know, I don't know how he would qualify it, but uh, I don't, from my perspective, I don't think it was that deep. Whereas for Tim, this feels like it might be a breaking point. Would you be open? Would you think they'd be open to being brought into the conversation? And it leads to 
One of my favorite moves, the I don't know dance. It would be so weird for me that I don't know if I could handle it, but then it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 it's just an interesting thought, I guess. I don't know. But no, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know. I feel like Logan, he, I don't know. And no mocking. That's recognition. I've had these text exchanges as well. I've done the I don't know dance. In four decades of life, I don't think I've ever sat down to clear the air with a close friend. Instead, I've held on to resentment or have lost touch. And we're not going to let that happen here. So right at the end of football season, we arranged to sit down with a compromise. It must happen at Tim's apartment. I would be an impartial observer and a mediator of sorts, a friendship ref, if you will. When I got to Tim's, the setup didn't look like we were getting ready for this talk or argument. What's usually at one of these things? Paddles? Instead, it looked like Tim was ready to impress someone's parents. Look at this, this setup here. Oh, don't do this. I just, this is our normal Sunday morning uh, <laughs> spread. Both Logan and I were psyched about the breakfast options. Yo. Hey, what's up, man? There he is. How you doing? Come on in. Good hey. to see you. Good to see you too, How man. You? Nice spread you got here. Oh, you know, this is our normal spread. Totally normal. Sunday. Donut. This is what I do. Fruit spread. Donuts, fruit. Ugh. Um, There's chorizo. Yep. I'm fine. Um, chorizo? I do have chorizo. Oh, wow. Now, it could have been the formality of what we were doing, but there was some awkwardness about where I was going to sit during the, I keep wanting to call it an argument, but it was a discussion, a conversation. Ben and the other men team call it a friend intervention. And I don't know, we were all out of our element. I don't know where we should sit. I guess somebody should sit wherever. I mean, actually, the couch, I can I can do, I right, can try this. Let's do the old coucher. You can hang out. Do that till your back is an excruciating thing. Yes. After finding a place to sit, eating seven strawberries, and drinking a half a cup of the French press coffee that Tim brewed, we got started. Thanks for coming out to Sunset Park today. Hi, no problem. Tim started, and he was struggling to know how to begin the conversation. There is like a legacy element to this friendship, but on the other hand, like I feel like literally all of my friendships are legacy friendships. Yeah, I feel like I guess maybe what I was thinking was like, what, 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 what am I getting out of these friendships anymore? What, what, are, what are we doing? Like, you know, um, do you understand what I'm saying? Not really. That suggests to me that there is something missing, like that it leaves you in some way like curious. Otherwise, you you wouldn't ask that question of yourself. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to figure out a way that it all fits into both of our current lives. So Tim laid out an example of what he was frustrated about and brought it back to that endless text exchange. Yeah, I guess that's why it was like extra like dispiriting that it's like, all right, let's watch football. Okay, great. Let's watch it at my house. And then it turns into a whole negotiation. Honestly, dude, like I just I don't want to I won't even deal with it to the point where like I won't even ask. Yeah, and I guess if it's not addressed, then it doesn't get any better. Yeah, it's obviously not about you coming over. And Logan had a few things he needed to get off his chest as well. There are like certain aspects of your personality just like always like kind of drive me insane. Um, that like is somewhat a you know leads to you know some sort of a deficit emotionally, like such as um, you know the inability to make plans like longer than a day ahead of time. Yeah. 
but I feel like if it had been just like straight expressed to me, I'd like you if you could come over and just like we'll watch TV here. I would really like if you did that. I more likely than not would have been like that's fine. So I I think to a certain extent you're being a little unfair, but I know it's not just this. It's right. like uh, amalgamation of things have been allowed to build up over time, and I hope that going forward, like we just are you know, more like Frank, like, this is what I would like you to do. Can you please do it this time? Next time we could do whatever you want or whatever. And then it started to come out of Tem. I think, you're, yeah, I think you're, you're touching on something that's important for me or something that I haven't quite stated or that I think is a big picture tension for me is that, yeah, there are a lot of times where I don't engage or fight with you because it's not productive or it doesn't feel productive in the, in the short term. But I think in the long term, it creates a tension for me. If I start to say what I really think about this, we're going to have a two hour fight. If I spoke up every time, then we'd be fighting all the time. It's weird. I feel like we're seeing two different things. I think we both get annoyed by aspects of each other's personality at times. And then we choose not to make a point of it. And so what I was getting at this point was that Tim wants to be heard in the friendship. He felt Logan dominates discussions and plans. And for Logan, it was like, yes, we do have annoyances. And it seemed like he was implying that as friends, we deal with each other's annoyances. But there was still a disconnect. Tim was quietly fuming. His arms were crossed. He was tapping one of his feet. And his face was tight, like he was doing a Robert De Niro impression. There was something he was holding back. And then he dropped a bomb. Yeah, there's like, there's a part of me that is very much like you and that wants to win every argument ever. There's a part of me that needs to feel like you at least know that like, if we were to fucking like fight for real, I have every capability to fucking destroy you. And I think both Logan and I went, what? It was the moment where I had no idea where this was going to go. The way you phrase it is interesting because you're like, you don't want to have a fight about it. You don't want to argue it, but you want a complete submission. Tim owned up to backing away from conflict most of the time and needed to be more assertive about what he wanted. When you back down from things all the time, I think there's like a certain part of you that feels like you're like, dude, I, I need to like stand up for this. And Logan actually agreed. Part of my issue with this view is that you don't invite me over. Right. That's bad too, you understand that. Like, like cause it has literally been years since you like invited me over. And so that kind of ends up being a self-defeating thing. I think that you, A, don't give me enough credit and B, or like have self-defeating behavior insofar as like you don't, you're getting upset about something that you don't like outright, you don't make the ask. You don't do the thing because you're like getting ahead of yourself. You're like, this is going to go badly. So it doesn't happen. What would you say is the tension for me? The Not the you coming over stuff. The tension for you? Yeah. You don't want to get into like, a debate. You you, you want to win the debate before it's had and feel validated. 
yes, it's about wanting to win, but more important than wanting to win, I want to feel that you know that I could win if I wanted to. So you want me to credit with you that you that I think I believe that you could stand toe to toe with me in any given in you know in situation and argue to a draw if not defeat me. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> not where I thought this was going, but that's fair. And Tim finally got closest to admitting to the root of his insecurity with Logan. Maybe the origin of that whole I can fight with you bravado. I feel like th- th- it's not just about like arguing per se. It's not just about that. I feel like there there are other instances or other times where like, in I feel like in a, in an attempt or an effort to like be helpful or to offer your like advice to me, it feels like it's like you kind of don't think I know what I'm doing. I kept leaning in every time Tim spoke to see if he had another bomb to drop, if the conversation was going to end with the end. And if there was anything I knew, I knew that Logan didn't want that. When we got in a fight, I had that feeling, that impending feeling, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm going to lose this friend that I cherish. And it like freaked me out that night. You know, one of my fears is, I'm just waiting for him to, he's going to leave. If you're like basically telling me, if you're giving up, like, it's almost like you're giving up on a friend. Like, you're giving up and resigning yourself to having a somewhat superficial friendship and being like, I don't think you can change. And I'm not even, it's not worth my effort to even say, like, hey, dude, I sometimes actually do want to talk about this ish, but I think you're going to, like, just kind of be preachy and in my face. So can you, like, not do that? I cannot, like, I will, I, I will not do that with you if that's what you continue to do. I guess that's what I'm saying now. I just feel like in general you could like listen better. And I know you could, yeah, I feel like you could, I, I know that you hear it. Like so, and that you, that you have the capability of processing that kind of like feedback and being like, all right, I'll try to be better about it. All right, Tim wasn't ready to just walk away either. Good news. We seem to be coming to some sort of conclusion, even if it didn't totally feel resolved. It was like walking away from a campsite after feeling pretty, pretty sure that I put out that campfire to the best of my ability. So for the sake of leaving the campsite in a better condition than I entered, I asked them both about the glue that keeps them together. Why is the other person a good friend? It's kind of surprisingly rare for me to meet somebody that really makes me laugh for real. And you're one of those people. Again, I feel like we've built on that and that's where it all started the fact that we speak each other's language and we can make each other laugh for real and i think that's really us at our like real best and he laughs me makes me laugh more than anyone in the world i mean like he's he's a good guy and one of the most uh, you know important humans in my life and i expect that to be the case wherever he is however you know even when we're you know you know in our ancient days and so forth and you know, doing doing bits. I think till the end. Like I, I, yeah, he's a good he's he's a good guy. After we wrapped up, Tim and Logan made plans to go meet with their significant others for dinner. As Tim was getting his stuff ready to leave, I looked around, eyeing his books and collections. Even in Tim's apartment, there were mementos and memories of Logan's friendship, like when I picked up a book about The Sopranos. Rita. 
Is it? Is it really? Yes, this guy gave, gifted it to me. What are we talking about? Soprano Sessions. Yeah, I guess. It was coming out, and I thought it would be a nice present for him. But what, if I, I if I can borrow it, that'd be nice. <laughs> Had I witnessed a total resolution? No, I wouldn't say I did. I honestly wasn't expecting one. They really did seem fine moving forward as friends. And hopefully, this experience was a good template for what to do the next time something comes up. And that's the takeaway from this. But that's a big deal. Like I said, I'm a grown-up, and I don't know how to do this, even with someone who I've known since we searched for Gatorade bottles at the beach. Even when I was planning the sit-down with Tim and Logan, I couldn't get the word argument or conflict out of my head. It's gonna be a disaster! They'll melt and disintegrate! But it's possible. You can say what's bothering you and then go back to being friends who say dumb jokes and catch up about your recent trip to Kenya. I believe it. That That is the Nile I was thinking of. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. And uh, we went to like a kick-ass burger joint that was like super cool. And honestly, it was, like, and does this give me hope that more men will take stock of their aging friendships and do what needs to be done? Like having a check-in? Actually, yeah, it does. And will I be doing that with my best friend anytime soon? Maybe, I don't know, maybe he wouldn't be so in talking. I don't know. I mean, I might be, he might be weird about it. I don't know, you know. He's, we're a little bit different. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe sometime. I don't know. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by Mark Bagan. Our season's lead producer is Caitlin May Burke, and our producers are Ben Goldberg and Rebecca Seidel. Rebecca is our lead engineer. Sierra Franco was our associate producer for this episode, and story editing was done by Ben. Sochil Tapia is our intern. Valentina the Pigeon is our production mascot this season. If you want to see what kind of costume she wears for Halloween, go to our Other Men Need Help Instagram. Original music this season comes from Fulton Street Music Group, composed by Ed Duran, produced by Alex Fulton. Additional instrumentation comes from Ryan Chamberlain and Liam Moore. Season three illustrations done by the talented hands of Carmela Calda. Special thanks to Orson and Jasper and their families, Jen and Alice. Thank you for letting us crash your beach vacation. And big thanks to Tim and Logan for their openness and willingness to talk. If you want to have more access to this show and support it at the same time, become a patron by signing up at patreon.com slash othermenneedhelp. For as little as five bucks a month, you will get a bonus episode this season, as well as weekly messages from me and other fun stuff. We are an independent production, and that monthly donation helps us so much. Sign up at patreon.com slash othermenneedhelp. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode. And until then, adios. 
Ciao, ciao. Bye. What are you guys making here? I'm making a sand castle. Sand castle. That's not sand castle. You're supposed to get wet sand and put it in and then you dip it over and then... You can also make a real castle. Yeah, but what about in the cartoon? Do you mind if I help you? Do you want to... Why don't you... Here, let's do it together. You ready? One, two, three. Oh, that is heavy. <laughs> that's, that's no joke. That's really heavy.